What's up, guys, and welcome to the Wolfie's Gaming Den podcast. I am your host, Alex Wolf. Uh, for those who don't know me, I'm a guy. I'm 25 years old. I've been playing video games since I was a kid, uh, probably at four or five. The first console I ever played was a Sega Genesis that was handed over to me by my cousin. Uh, PS1 and 64 were around the time, so, you know, Genesis kind of fell to the wayside. Um, but I have a strong, strong passion for video games. It is something I've loved. It has been not only... It, it, it comes from a range of emotions, you know? So it was something that I could go to for comfort. It became a hobby. Uh, it was entertaining. It was a conversation starter. I, I mean, it affects that just about every aspect of my life nowadays. Um, and has done that. And so, you know, I'd come home from school and... Yield in the days of old where tech TV and G4 were prevalent. So, you know, everyone would come home and watch whatever was Cartoon Block was on Cartoon Network or Kids WB um, or Nickelodeon, Disney Channel, whatever. I was that kid that came home, like, all right, new episode of X plays on, so I need to check it out. Let's go. Uh, that and Cinema Tech and Attack of the Show. I saw I would do that. And then I'd, as I got older and you know, the internet became a more regular thing, computers were becoming a household item, I'd come home and Hop on the computer, check G4TV's uh, website, then IGN, GameSpot, uh, like every other kid at the time. I'm pretty sure I had some magazine subscription. Mine was Game Informer uh, or EGM. I had that for a while. And uh, the PlayStation Underground magazine, I had that coming in the mail too. And I would just read and check that stuff out. And it fascinated me. And as I got older, I be- why well, I still kept my love for the games, I grew a love for the industry. You know, it was really fun learning about how these games were made and the politics that go into them and the inside baseball, if you would. Uh, I don't know if I'm using that term right. I'm not a baseball fan, but I've heard it and, and it, it, context clues led to me thinking I understand it, so I just go with it, you know? Um, but anyway, so learning that kind of stuff behind it, which is extremely fascinating and I, I do it to this day you know and it's way more easy to consume because of smartphones and apps and whatnot <laughs> and um just kind of reading that concept that content as it happens instead of just waiting till five o'clock getting home reading it all and then waiting for the next day to see what else happens um and then uh so as and this kind of leads into another, another thing i do so for those who have heard of more than friends productions uh I grew up with the, one of the co-founders, uh, Stephen Morrow, and again, share the same love for video games like I do, and as kids, middle school, we when we first met, we talked about, like, let's just start a show, let's just, we could do this, we read this stuff all the time, we hear these guys make mistakes and talk about stuff and whatnot, uh, we could totally get into this, we used to start a show, and every year or so, we would just bounce ideas off each other, but never doing it, you know, and we didn't have funds or any kind of accessible cash or it, nor was it accessible enough to just get up on the internet and make a podcast, you know. Um, so we just thought about doing it. Like, let's just go for it, you know. Let's just do it. So one day, Steve and I were talking about, like, let's just make a show. Let's just do this. And we decided to call it Awesome Games. And you can find the Awesome Games podcast on YouTube.com right now. There's a few episodes up there. Um, we don't air on a really consistent base right now just because of uh, between work and personal lives and things of that nature. It's hard for Steven and I kind of coordinate and get things together. But when we do meet, you know, we get stuff out there and it's fun to do and we enjoy it. Uh, so go ahead and check it out if you can. Um, so what this show will be, if I can keep them up and main, 
keep up and maintain a consistent schedule. It'll be once a week. I will get on here and I will talk about either a blog post I put on Tumblr or WordPress and kind of, you know, give some more in-depth look at that because, you know, you can read those blurbs about five minutes or so. So I'll try to stretch it out into like about 45 minutes to an hour, maybe just a half hour since it's just me talking, you know. Um, but going from there, and just really talking about those things in depth, uh, so you'll see a lot of like time, you know, timely pieces. So things in the industry as a whole, so like, oh, the state of VR or today's episode, I'll be talking about how subscription services are affecting games nowadays. Um, or, you know, if I don't have any of those and it's been a crazy heavy, heavy news week, I'll just cover what's gone on in the news and really give my two cents on the whole on those things and kind of go from there and maybe ask you guys to chime in and tell me what you guys think about it and then have a conversation, we connect, and then, you know, have a grand old time. Yeah? Um, I'm getting that out there. So, between awesome games and... Wolfie's Gaming Den, this is, hopefully I can, my dream in this would be create my own network, you know, sort of like Fox Media or IGN where I have different plethoras of things, so not only just video games, but I'm also a huge wrestling fan, uh, love wrestling, anime fan, uh, comic books, movies, and getting that stuff, and my girlfriend, she's heavily into makeup, so I'm like, why not just take her love of makeup and just put it on the internet, talk about it, show it, um, and going from there, and that's, that's, those are all things down the road, but that would be, that is, again, the dream for all of this, and this is the stepping stone, because while Awesome Games is in a video format, it is extremely difficult and time-consuming, and I'm still wrapping my head around everything I'm trying to learn and do with it, um, it's, it's video podcasting, so it's hard, and I don't have, like, an RSS feed, I'm using Anchor FM right now, so, uh, shout out to those guys for making this kind of a thing I can get up and just do, and as I hopefully gain a following and some traction and more comfortability with the whole thing and <laughs> more funds, <laughs> um, I can go in and start my own, you know, get my WordPress up and running to where it's a huge viable site and upgrading it and getting hosting and using my own RSS feed and uploading directly through iTunes and Spotify and SoundCloud and things of that nature just like that. Um, I scale things back a bit, so with this podcast because I'm strictly audio for this. Um, really trying to get my roots settled, you know, kind of get a nice feel for the chair, and with that will become expertise or not expertise, experience I should say, and opportunities to learn. And as I can get that to grow, then that will hopefully lead more into the bigger things. So then doing not just audio but also video or higher quality video than what I'm doing right now with Awesome Games Podcast. And really, really diving into this. And, you know, I work a full-time job right now, but getting the meat and potatoes kind of all on one single plate and at that point having that be the thing that, you know, that puts the food on the table. So anyway, without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this. Uh... Again, please like, comment, subscribe, share, or whatever you can do with podcasts nowadays. Get the word out. I would love to hear what you guys have to say uh, about what's going on, whether it's you know questions, comments, concerns, or critiques. I, I, like I said, I want this to grow. So anything, anything at all is greatly appreciated. Uh, 
So let's just get into this. So one of the things I want to talk about this time around, it's been, I want to say, a pretty slow two weeks, but a big piece of news that I think really got overlooked was EA is putting out uh, EA Access on PlayStation 4. So for those who don't know, EA Access is a subscription-based platform from EA as a publisher where it launched originally on Xbox One back in 2014 where you paid... Uh, either four ninety nine a year, twenty nine nine, or four ninety nine uh, a month, or twenty nine ninety nine per year, uh, to have access to have discounts on EA published games, uh, the ability to download older EA titles from the EA Vault, or have early access to new released uh, EA games. So you, I think, up to two weeks earlier, I believe. I'm not sure. I've never used the program myself. Uh, not a huge, not that I'm not a fan of EA, I just, a lot of the games I put out just aren't my cup of tea. Um, so I had no real reason to, you know, spend the money on it. But the concept itself is phenomenal. Uh, it says, I mean, those people that love the EA sports style, so Madden or FIFA or NBA Live or anything from Bioware, you know, this is a great thing for them to do because, you know, especially with Bioware, this is a very hardcore, uh, small not small fan base, but a fan base there that, hey, we love Bioware, we'll pick up whatever they get, so why not pay this yearly fee where you get the game a few weeks early and maybe a discounted price on it too, you know? It's huge. And it goes into, again, this this subscription. You're paying a yearly fee to get this enhanced service and get a handful of games that you can play at a discounted rate or just free, you know? That's, that's huge. And uh, for people that aren't heavy in the games and they just play a few select titles and they just happen to be EA, like, I mean, some people only play the EA Sports titles and that's it. This is a huge opportunity for them, you know? They pay twenty nine ninety nine a year and they get access to it really early or maybe a discounted price. Like, why not, you know? They don't have to leave home and go purchase the disc or anything or do this, that, and the other. They just subscribe, download, play, and they're good to go. Um... That service is now coming to PlayStation 4, and this is 2014, 2019 now, so five years in the making, you know, and that's huge. And it really makes you think how far subscription-based gaming has come. So, I want to say earliest concepts of this kind of stuff really started, uh, I may be wrong on this, but I want to say it started with PlayStation Plus. You know, PlayStation Plus launched on... PS3 at the time, you didn't have to have it by any means. It was $49.99 a year, um, or $20 every three months, or $10 uh, every month. And unlike Xbox Live, or Xbox 360, PlayStation 3 was free to play online. You didn't have to pay to play online with your friends, it was just there. So... Sony, uh, I believe this this was probably 2000. I want to say it was a few years into the PlayStation 3's life cycle, so definitely a way of rolling it into the PS4. PS4 was definitely a concept, and they knew they would have to upgrade their servers, so they started getting funding for it. Like, let's do PlayStation Plus. So they couldn't just that late into PS3 say, hey, you're going to start paying for online, but you got to hire quality to your service you got uh free access to a lot of different like avatars and themes of that nature 
but the biggest thing was something they called the Instant Game Collection. So recognizing they were so far into the PS3's life cycle. Um, there were people, early adopters, so younger kids just now picking it up, or people that just now are starting to video games. Instead of having to go purchase a, uh, a console and then pick up a few games here and there, it's a pretty penny, you know? So it's like, well, how about they just go purchase the console, and they pay us 50 bucks a year, and you get free games. And sure, you know, at the time, these are usually older titles or smaller indie titles, but they're free games. These are people getting exposure so not only were, was this good for developers and publishers, getting, uh, especially in the indie scene, getting these games noticed and recognized because they're free and it's what these people have accessible to play, and it's good for consumers. Because, like I said, you have those late adopters, like, I don't know what to play. Oh, here, here's some free games you can try out. Play those. You have full range to do whatever you want with them. All you have to do is keep paying this annual thing. And it's like, okay, 50 bucks a year for to keep games that were originally priced at $59.99, why not? And I mean, and what the Instant Game Collection was, they gave you a handful of games that would stay free. They would never go away. And I want to say Uncharted 3, Infamous 2, I want to say there was one more, but I can't think of it right off the top of my head. But then every month, they would rotate in and out new games. And not, not like brand new games, but like new titles to be available. So every month you're like, oh, first, and it was the first Tuesday of every month. It still is. You go into the PlayStation Store, you download these titles, and you play them. They're yours. All you have to do is maintain a subscription fee. And, and that's huge. So then, you know, PlayStation 4 rolled out, and they rolled out that, hey, you, for PlayStation 4, you have to pay to play online. It stayed at forty nine ninety nine for uh, the first few years. Eventually, jumped to sixty, um, but you kept the instant game collection. And while the structure of that changed, it ended up becoming you had two PS four game, you had one PS four game, a PS three game, and a PS Vita game. And now it's you know just PS four games. So it, you know RIP Vita, and the, the PS three kind of finally you know ending its life cycle there. Um, you were still maintaining a plethora of games and great games. Uh, and going on exposure thing, this is something how Rocket League became like this phenomenon. You know, they made it f before Rocket League was even before you even paid for Rocket League. If you had PlayStation Plus, you got the game for free. So all of those millions of PlayStation Plus subscribers got this great game for free, played it, and like, oh man! After the month was over and it was no longer free, they told all their friends about it, and all their friends would go play it, and they just kept it up. And then the people that, you know, had the game for free started spending money on loot boxes. So Psionics, as a developer, starts making money off of this game they put out for free because there's people purchasing it that didn't get it within the free period and people that did get it during the free period are now purchasing uh, items in the game. It was huge. And that's all because of the subscription-based service. So with PlayStation Plus around, Xbox really had to step it up because originally on the 360, you paid to play online. Uh, it was 60 bucks a year, but that was all you really got for it. You got to play online. Uh, other than that, there was no real reason to have it. Um, seeing what PlayStation was doing, they rolled out the Games with Gold program. So in a similar fashion, they would announce two Xbox One titles and two Xbox 360 titles, or some mix of that fashion. And you got one Xbox One title and one Xbox 360 title in the first two weeks, and then the next set, the next two weeks. All you had to do was keep up your Xbox Live subscription. 
So again, you are paying once a year at the minimum to get a plethora of games handed to you and you can do whatever the hell you want with them. Play online, play solo, or whatever the games are designed to do. But that's huge. And that is, again, great because it gets exposure for developers and publishers and allows people that aren't readily, like, readily buying games left and right or those who are just late adopters get access to great titles without having to pay, you know, go and search for them and paying an arm and a leg at a retail video game store, brick and mortar, or like a Target, Walmart, GameStop, or whatever. They can just, I'm paying, you know, I'm paying this thing, I just download it again, I try it. And if you don't like it, you delete it. You lose, you're not losing anything out there. Um, Xbox then, a few years later, kicked it up a notch with what they, uh, what they released with the Xbox Game Pass. Um, Game Pass is amazing. It is, it has no business being out. Xbox does not have to do, they didn't have to do this whatsoever. Um, but they realize that services are what's next for games. You know, um, you, you see things like Netflix and Hulu out there where people are cutting the cord to cable and it's just like, I'll just pay my monthly, my flat monthly fee. It's cheaper. Get whatever they provide out there and I'll watch my shows on there. You know, and if I want higher tier service, I'll pay them more. It's simple as that. And games with gold, what they do, you know, they put out original Xbox titles, Xbox 360 titles, and Xbox One titles. And you just download them to the console and you play them. And all you have to do is pay 10 bucks a month. Or 100 bucks for a whole year. And it's a no fucking brainer. <laughs> play the games. Do it. It, it. Even if you're someone that plays games really brand new. Microsoft, well, Xbox puts out, as I already said and claimed, and they've followed it through with it so far, through and through. That first party Xbox titles will be available on Xbox Game Pass day and date. That means games like the next Gears, Halo Infinite. Um, the next Forza, $60 games, you pay 10 bucks a month, you get to download those games day and day and play them with everyone else. That, that's massive, you know? And then on top of it, you get in a huge library of other games you may have missed out on or have never heard out, and you just want to try them. You know, you don't want to go out to a store and buy the copy. You, you're, you're good to go. You just play that. That's huge. Um, PlayStation put out a similar program actually before Game Pass called um, PlayStation Now. And the concept was this. Uh, Sony purchased Gaikai, which was a cloud streaming uh, developer. So they were working on ways to use cloud streaming and apply it to different platforms. And Sony took that technology and started applying it to the PS4, the PS3, PS Vita, and Sony Bravia TVs. Now, while the release for this was extremely janky, the concept was amazing. You could stream PS1, PS2, PS3, and eventually PS4 games through your Bravia TV. No need for a console. You just need a DualShock controller, sync it up to the television, and you're good to go and you're in. And that's it. Now, what slowed this down for them was just the pricing and how to pay for these things and the infrastructure. You know, Wi-Fi, internet capability is not as strong as it is today. Hell, honestly, in some places it's still not. But th just think about that. You didn't have to go out. If you wanted to play a, a brand new PS4 game, but you didn't want to go drop 400 bucks just for one game, you pay a monthly fee, you have a library of games you can play, and you can 
more importantly, you had the option to play that one game you wanted to try. And all you had to do was pay like 10 bucks a month or something like that. Well, obviously not 10 bucks. The the problem with them was their pricing. So, I mean, it ranged from then certain games fell under certain categories, and it, it, it made no sense. And it really screwed screwed them up in the early days. They have since fixed it, from what I understand. I have messed around with it too much myself. Um, it kind of burned me in that. And then the games on there, I just the service itself, in my opinion, is not as good as Game Pass, but the concept, because you're streaming these games. You don't have the ability to download certain games now, but you could stream these games over the internet. Craziness. Absolutely mind-blowing. And just think about how that works, and that leads into the next thing. I mean, this rolls into next-gen, you know? Um, these services are already established. Next-gen just needs to capitalize on them, especially with PlayStation. You know, PlayStation now has been out for years. It's not gaining any real... I mean, it's gaining traction, but slowly not picking up like the wildfire like Game Pass did. So this is Sony's chance to really capitalize on that and remarket it. Say, hey, this is on your pricing structure. It worked. Here you go. Our console's strong enough to handle this. Internet infrastructure is now way better than it was. This can work. Um, and the same thing with um, Xbox. You know, Game Pass is out there. Right now, you have to download those games. They aren't streamable. But who's to say with their next console, with their next beefed-up Xbox, that there's... They're not going to start just streaming them over over a cloud network, you know? Like, who's to say they don't? I mean, you just, um, if you guys didn't hear, Microsoft and Sony just started partnering when it came to cloud streaming, you know? So who's to say this isn't the next huge thing about next gen, you know? With PS3, Wii, and Xbox 360, it was motion controls. And then with the PS4 after that, it was VR, um, and then, I mean, Microsoft eventually had some kind of foray and then backed out of it and didn't do it. And then Nintendo just recently dropped into the conversation with the uh, Nintendo Labo VR kit. But, you know, each next generation has that one thing that really sets it apart from the last. And last was VR and then flat motion controls and then all that stuff. Um, so, where was I going with this? But, so now you have next gen coming and looks at the next big thing from them is going to be these subscription based games or subscription based game services and cloud based gaming and right now the biggest biggest question going to next gen is google stadia you know who you don't have a pricing on how they're going to do things yet but they've are it's strictly cloud based it will work with anything that operates um, Google Chrome, and you just stream the game. They're saying it, that the quality of the game and how, like you know, uh, frames per second and um, resolution will all depend on your Wi-Fi connectivity, but you can stream it through anything. That is insanity, insanity. But what what comes with that is a conversation of how do you pay for these games. Because you're not downloading them, you know? So, do you still maintain the digital rights purchase model that downloading games has now where you just purchase it and you can install it to your console and you just own the digital rights to that one entity? Or is it a matter of, is it going to be subscription-based for everything where you just pay, you know, a couple hundred bucks and, okay, here you go. Here are your games. This is what, what we are able to license out to you. Here you go. These are the games you have available. You know, and that's crazy because, again, that still wouldn't be a bad gig. You know, typical game right now is like fifty nine ninety nine MSRP. So, 
four of those games is uh, 240 bucks. you know? You pay Google, what, two, $300 a year? That more than makes up for those games. And, I mean, then you get into nitpicky things of, like, well, how do you pay the developers? How do you pay the publishers and things of that nature? It, you know, you can still... So that leads to the conversation where you... I personally think they're just going to buy the games piecemeal. You still buy the digital rights to it. You just have the ability to stream it and not worry about downloading it. But still, absolutely massive. You know, like, look how far we've come to where you had to go out and buy a cartridge, pop the cartridge into the system, and then... Oh, and then memory cards become a thing. You can save the save file to the memory card, and then disk became a thing, and you're still saving it to the memory card, and then now they're stored in hard drives, and now it, now there's cloud storage for save files. And now we're getting to the point where it it can all just exist. You, you don't need a physical property. You just play it. And it's cheap. You have this, again, this is huge for people that aren't in the video games already and are late adopters, because all they have to do is pay this one-time, well, not one-time, but annual fee a year, and they have a massive, massive selection of these things to go out, you know? And it, it's mind-blowing, and it's exciting, you know, because it's, what's after that, you know? Like, where do you go from there? And, and even now, we, we don't know how far this can go. But, I mean, I personally think it's going to go pretty damn far. I, I subscribe both to Xbox Live. Um, well, not Xbox Live anymore since the lack of Xbox. I have a lack of Xbox console right now. But PlayStation Plus, uh, Nintendo Online. And that, that has its own record rewards with being able to download old NES games and play them. Um, but I have that. Um, And for just looking subscription-based, I've owned both the WWE Network, I own Netflix, I own Crunchyroll, I have Hulu, I have HBO Go. It's it, it's cheap, and I can get whatever, and I can stream whatever they're putting out, any one time, whenever I want. Well, you know, not whenever I want. It'd be kind of weird for me to just whip out. I can, I guess I could whip it out in the middle of like work or something, but that's you know frowned upon. But things of that nature, you know. So why video games are one of the top mediums of entertainment out there between music, movies, and television. You know, those are the big four with video games rounding them out. And we already have subscription-based music forums like uh, Tidal, Apple Music, Spotify, and SoundCloud. You know, you could pay a monthly bill or an annual fee out of those, and boom, you're there, you know? And same thing with movies, but we're movies and television with Netflix and Hulu. Yeah, you pay a monthly fee, or you can pay annually. I believe. I believe you can pay annually with Netflix and Hulu. I don't. I just don't think anyone does it. But it's, but anyway, or an Amazon Prime, Amazon Prime Video. You pay that monthly or annual fee, and you stream what they give you. And it's usually some pretty region stuff. It's huge, and it's probably the most, the way to consume the most media. It's the way. It's probably the way most media is consumed nowadays is through a subscription. I was going to say streaming, but I mean, it's all consumed through a subscription um, based service. And that's crazy, you know? So, with those factors out there, why shouldn't video games hop into it? It could be huge. Again, it could lead to exposure for games like Rocket League did. Um, it can lead to helping out those who aren't necessarily into video games yet. 
finally get into them. And only that, it can save people who are loyal fans to these games and these companies out there. Save them tons of money. And it's not hard for the industry to really adapt to that because you see games like Fortnite um, where that game released. It was free. Or at least Battle Royale was free. And I believe Save the World's going to go free soon or has already. I don't know. I don't play Fortnite. But it is one of the highest grossing games out there. And it's because of microtransactions. And it's all just purely cosmetic things. You know? So why wouldn't we see that? Why can't we see that the next big AAA title? Like, oh, you want to you change someone, a character's hairstyle? Here you go. Or you want this new lighting feature, this new sound? Here, here you go. Or you want this extra weapon uh, for games and like a single-player experience? Because here you go. It, it, those games can still make up the profit in a way that they can still do these subscriptions and be okay. Especially games that are already like a games of service model. Sorry for the long pauses. I'm like yawning because I'm recording this super late because I'm kind of just mind rattling. I figured if you're going to do it, you might as well get it done, you know? But anyway, it is absolutely mind blowing to see where games are going and how they're being handled. And I believe subscription based um, services are definitely helping pave the way in the future now. Um, and will definitely play a huge factor in cloud gaming. Um, I can't wait to see where it goes. I also can't wait to see where this podcast goes. So, again, um, thank you guys for listening. I hope you uh, subscribe on whatever service you're using. Right now, like I said, I'm uh, hosting this through Anchor FM. So this should be on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or whatever's out there, or whatever that I get approved to put this on and go from there. Um, eventually, it'll, I'll be able to have my own RSS feed and be able to post through all those things myself. And I, again, I would love to see what you guys think of this show as it grows. Uh, let me know what you think or how I can help or what I can do better. But until then, thanks for listening, and you guys have a good one. See you next time.